Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling. It's Monday, February 8th, 2021. We're brought to you by, as always, the great people at today's dentistry, Dr. Mike O'Neill, the best dentist that there is, the only dentist I've gone to the last 27 years. That's how good he is. Give him a call. Take control of your dental health. 317-849-2933. Want to remind you, if you enjoy this, hit the subscribe button. You get this fed to you twice a day. Breakfast with Kent and Inside Indiana Sports Now. Now let's talk about sports, all right? Let's talk about Carson Wentz and the possibility he might be traded to the Indianapolis Colts. There's also a possibility he might be traded to the Chicago Bears. The Bears obviously looking for a quarterback. Nick Foles didn't work out. Mitch Trubisky didn't work out. So they're looking for a plan C. Is that Deshaun Watson? Is it Carson Wentz? Is it Sam Darnold? Who is it? Well, here's what's going to determine their course of action. And this is where things are a little bit different in Chicago than they are in Indianapolis. In Indianapolis, you have a profound need for a quarterback. In Chicago, you have a profound need for a quarterback. However, the front offices and the coaching staff entirely different in that Chris Ballard and Frank Reich look to be the future for the Indianapolis Colts. Chris Ballard's going to be here a long time. Frank Reich likely to be here a long time. In Chicago, you've got Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, and those guys have one year to get it right. So here's the difference, and we saw this with Jim Henry when he was the general manager of the Cubs after the Ricketts family took over the franchise, bought the franchise. Henry knew that he was on thin ice, and he needed to create a winner now. So what did he do? He traded away the entire farm system to get win-now guys, corrupted the Cubs' ability to win for the next five years because he was wrong on a lot of those trades. With the Bears, you got guys in Pace and Nagy who don't give a damn less about first-round draft picks in 2022, 2023, or 2024, and Chris Ballard does. So the Bears... They're going to look to deal, and they're going to overpay. They're going to overoffer to the Philadelphia Eagles if Wentz is their guy. If Watson's their guy, then they're going to overpay for Deshaun Watson. But if it's Wentz, that takes the Indianapolis Colts out of the running because Chris Ballard's not going to overpay. Chris Ballard is not a screwball who's going to go too deep in his wallet to try to win now rather than continue to build this thing. He's not going to sacrifice needlessly first-round draft picks because he's on thin ice. He's not on thin ice. So why would he do that? So it's likely that whoever the Bears deal for, the Bears are going to overpay for, and Pace and Nagy are going to be out of town next year anyway, and the Bears are still going to be on the hook for draft equity that they deal for either Watson or Wentz, or I can't believe it to be Darnold. Darnold has no chance in Chicago. If you thought that Jay Cutler had bad face, and Jay Cutler had bad face, Sam Darnold has really bad face. Really bad. The Bears, they're going to make a bad deal to go get a quarterback. The Colts are not going to make a bad deal. So the Bears are going to get who they want at the expense of the Colts because the Bears have no interest in holding on to draft picks down the road that will not serve Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace at all because those guys are going to be gone. They're going to be out of town unless they pull a rabbit out of their hat and wind up in a Super Bowl. We know that that's not going to happen. Sadly, the McCaskies and Ted Phillips, 
They believe it's a possibility. We're so close. We're just a quarterback away. That's been the refrain in the city of Chicago forever and ever and ever and ever. The Colts are going to get a guy, and they're likely to get their guy. And, and here's why, and this is a little bit holistic, and I know this is a little bit screwy, but Chris Ballard, like, look at the head coach search that they did. They land on Josh McDaniel, and, and Josh decides he takes a job, and then, boop, he's goners after he hires part of his staff. He pulls out and returns to New England. So what do the Colts do? They hire Frank Reich, who is the right guy to begin with. Sometimes the sun, the sun shines on those of us who do their job correctly and live life as a good human being. And I think that that's what Chris Ballard does. And so every once in a while, I think he gets kind of lucky, as he did when McDaniel's gone, because he would have been a train wreck in Indianapolis, and they wind up with Frank Reich, who fits this franchise, has a heritage with the franchise, and has done a pretty good job so far of operating this team as it's continued to build and build and build from a roster perspective and a culture perspective. I think the Colts are going to get it right in the end, no matter how this thing turns out. It might be Wentz. I don't think it's going to be Deshaun Jackson because there's no way that the Texans deal him within their division. That's just, that's impossible. If it's Darnold, I don't know. Darnold's really talented. I, I think that Frank Reich, whoever it is, is going to get great work out of whoever that quarterback is, and they're going to make it the right choice instead of having it be the right choice on the way in. They're not going to overpay. That's for sure. They're, not, they're going to get outbid for the wrong guy, and that's going to push them toward the right guy. Is that a little bit too Pollyannic? Is that a little bit naive? Is that a little bit hopeful? Yes, yes, and yes. But that's what we do here. We're nice people. We want things to work out for Ballard and Ursay and Reich and the Colts and, and the Simons and Kevin Pritchard and the Pacers and Barry Collier and LaValle Jordan with Butler and even Archie Miller and uh, Scott Dolson down in Bloomington. Tom Allen, too. We want those things to happen. Yesterday, it did happen for Indiana. They beat Iowa 67-65. What's this? They're starting three guards. They go with that three-guard lineup to begin. And Armand Franklin is, is kind of a tweener. But anyway, you get the point. Al Jimmy Durham, Rob Finnessy, and uh, Franklin, Armand Franklin, they combined to hit four of 26 field goal attempts. Four of 26. They were two of 11 from beyond the arc. The team was 15 of 24 from the line. That's 62.5%. I can do that in my head. That's five-eighths. That is what this team was that took down for the second time a top-ten team in Iowa. How in the hell is that possible? So Indiana, here's where they are, man. I Indiana has a shot to get in the tournament. Right now they're 10-8 and eight with some good wins, some good losses too, overtime losses to Illinois, Wisconsin, and Florida State. All three were ranked at the time. And, and not really any terrible losses. They got Northwestern coming up this, uh, this week, this Wednesday, though. The Hoosiers have neither won nor lost more than two in a row. They are the height of inconsistency and the height of mediocrity. 
And I just don't get it. You know what? You've got to be able to shoot the basketball better. And I don't understand why Indiana can't. I don't understand 15 of 24 from the line. It makes no sense to me at all. And that's over and over and over again. They rank in the high 200s. Look, they take a lot of foul shots. That's their offense. They feed the ball low. They try to penetrate, get to the rim. They create contact. They want to get to the line where they suck from the line. How does that make any sense? I don't understand. It's just the math doesn't work. You know, you you go to uh, equations, chemical equations. It's got a balance, right? You have to have the valence right and all that stuff. You have to have the, the electrons kind of fit. Indiana's electrons just don't fit. It doesn't work for me. And Archie Miller, at the time... Looked to be a guy, and we were told he was a guy that fit Indiana basketball. This is the guy. How has he been the guy? And I'm not necessarily talking about wins and losses, although we can talk about that. Not going to the NCAA tournament during his time there, although they probably would have gone last year. Indiana, these guys who play for Indiana, are not being coached to play Indiana basketball as people understand it to exist, especially people who are around when Bob Knight coached. And nobody's talking about, boy, we really want, well, some people are, but not me. We want the general. We, 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 the general, that's when Indiana was great. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is creating open shots and knocking them down. And when you go to the line, you make people pay. Defensively, Indiana's been pretty good this year, obviously, or they wouldn't win a damn game because offensively, they're really not very good. They, uh, they serve to uh, cause themselves harm offensively at a level that's just troubling, right? Not a lot of turnovers necessarily, but a lot of missed shots. They miss shots in bulk, and they are not necessarily, under normal circumstances, a real good offensive rebounding team, although they were yesterday. It was the offensive rebounds that saved their bacon yesterday. And Armand Franklin, 4 of 26 from the field, those three guards. But Armand Franklin with a second and a half left from the elbow, hitting that shot, that was a big deal. That won that game. Otherwise, you go to overtime for the fifth time this year. Indiana, it's just the, the more I think about Indiana and the more people talk to me about Indiana, either on social media or during these videos in, in comments, There is just a lack of fit that's like the gears are grinding, but they just never mesh. Archie Miller-style basketball and Indiana fans, what they want to see, those are two completely different things. I had a guy text me today. He's sure that Archie Miller's a punk. Just said Archie Miller's a punk. You can tell by the way his kids play, by the way they behave. They are not taught to play the game correctly and with respect and you know what it's hard to argue with that like I get all I win win that's the thing win recruit good players from the state of Indiana coach them up teach them to win teach them how to shoot develop players who has developed at Indiana right I think Trace Jackson Davis has gotten better I think Armand Franklin got better I think Al Durham's gotten better He had gotten better, but shooting has become kind of a bugaboo. Rob Finnessy, can you argue that he's developed at all? I I don't think you can. 
You, you look at the guys on this team, and then you look like at guys like Jerome Hunter or guys who left, you know, whether it's Justin Smith or Demise Anderson, and you say, man, these guys never got better at all. Indiana basketball reminds me a little bit, and this is going back a long way, but reminds me of Kentucky under Joe B. Hall, where he had great recruiting classes, far beyond the talent that Archie Miller has brought to Indiana. But you had guys like Charles Hurt and, and uh, who's the guy, Derek Horde, and, and these guys are, and those guys came to Kentucky and they digressed for four years. They didn't develop, they didn't get better, they digressed under Joe B. Hall. I don't know if guys are digressing under Archie Miller, but they sure as hell aren't getting better. Not, not a lot of them. I think Armand has, and I think Trace has a little bit, but still he doesn't play with the effort that you want to see. Sprint! What are you doing? For God's sake, if you're going to be pulled with 16 minutes left in the game anyway at the first TV timeout or before that, hell's bells, man. You ought to sprint. The guys who are playing their asses off are the freshmen. The freshmen are going out and balling, whether it's Leal, and thank God for him hitting the two threes yesterday, two out of three, right? Trey Galloway plays hard gets about everything he can out of what he is physically. Christian Lander, you know what? I wish he'd have stayed in, in high school another year, but he didn't, so okay. You got you to gotta learn how to defend. I think he wants to, and I think that he will develop. He hadn't yet, but I think he's kind of getting there and making progress, so we'll see about him. And then you got Jordan Geronimo, who's got a chance. He's got a chance to be pretty good, but there's a cultural gravity in at Indiana that pulls these guys down a little bit and brings out behaviors that maybe we aren't used to seeing with Indiana basketball. I don't know. What do you think? Leave a comment. Tell me what you think. I want to know. Uh, because the more I hear from you, the better understanding I have. You know what I mean? Like, I like to listen. I don't just like to talk. I like to listen. And by commenting, you help me. You help me listen because you're presenting your, your perspective. And especially on YouTube, I get the best comments. They're just, they are long and thoughtful and right on the money, and I dig it. So leave me a comment and, of course, subscribe to, uh, to this, to my feed. And buy a copy of Oops, get the audio book for God's sake. We got nothing to do. You're flying down to Florida like we did. You know what? You want something to do while you're on the plane. Listen to Oops. It's a chronicle of all the mistakes I made, or a lot of them, and what I learned from them. I enjoy it. So go to audio.com, wherever you get your audio books. It's there. Easy peasy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Breakfast with Kent, brought to you by the great people at Today's Dentistry.